Caswell Massey is offering 30% off all of their products just to you, Outlandercast fans. Whether it's the number six. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I'm ready. Here comes the General Washington. The rose water are my favorite, the almond cream lotion. You can get it at an incredible deal. It's winter, it's a brand new year, and it's gonna be Troutlander. I know it's a swear. I know it's a swear. I'm sorry. It's but it is. It's it's shame. Yep, shame, shame. Well, that's what's happening. So you know what? Treat yourself and get 30% off while you're at it by using the coupon code OutlanderCast at checkout. Hey there, this is Lisa Margulies from the great Midwestern state of Iowa. I coined the hashtag Bear Flare, yes, forever immortalized by and connecting me with these two cool cats. Hey! You're listening to Outlander Cast with Marion Blake. All the way from Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. How's it going, everybody? My name is Mary Larson. My name's Blake, and I effing hate Droughtlander. Um, I've decided that it's not technically Droughtlander yet, that this is the finale week. So because yes. content is coming out from Outlander cast this week that pertains to the finale, it's not Droughtlander. We're still like in finale celebration mode. It's not sad time. It's not Droughtlander. So it's just finale week. So... Let's say that again. You love that it's finale week. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) So this episode, of course, is going to be the listener feedback where you get to voice your opinions on the finale episode. Man of worth. And and we are actually live in Facebook as well. So though we are live on Facebook right now in the clan gathering... You, the podcast listener, you are the intended audience for this podcast, so don't feel like you're missing out. You aren't. We're just here. We're having fun. We're in the clan. You know what? Mary and I, we're actually drinking wine. Let's toast to our listeners, my darling. There you go. There we go. A little Coca-Cola at the end of that. (laughs) I liked that. Very, very nice. So before we get started with the rest of the show. If you are brand new, maybe you're an Outlander cast clan member watching live here on Facebook and you're like, what are these podcast people doing? You can actually subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on all of your favorite podcast apps. You can find us Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all by searching Outlander cast. But of course, it's finale week and after finale week comes Droughtlander. And we want to make sure that you're able to keep up with Blake and I during Droughtlander. And yes, we're going to keep coming. We're going to make sure that there are podcasts podcast episodes, all Droughtlander long. There's going to be amazing blog posts, all Droughtlander long. So we're going to keep you busy, but not too busy. And if you have some free time and you're not rewatching Outlander, you might want to see the other things that we're checking out, like This Is Us. You can keep up to date with everything that Blake and I are doing by going to maryandblake.com. That mm-hmm. way you can check out our This Is Us 2 podcast. We have blogs, events, giveaways, all super fun stuff at Mary and Blake Media, which you can find at maryandblake.com. And we have some rumored new podcasts coming. I'm just saying rumored. 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 If, you're a fran- if you're a fan of Westeros, we, we may be cooking something up for you. 
May. I, I, maybe a little vacation to Westeros. We'll have a little fun. Maybe just a six a six day excursion, you if know, you will. We'll see. You never know. You never know. We got other things cooking too. Like winter this is, is us coming. Too. Winter is coming. Actually, for a lot of the country, winter is here. We got polar vortex. Happening. I hope. Yeah, seriously. I hope if you are listening to this podcast, if you're joining us on Facebook Live and you are in one of the polar vortex areas, that you're snuggled up tight. You've got a wee dram or a little something, maybe some mm-hmm. hot cocoa, maybe electric blanket, but just know that um, we're here to keep you company. <laughs> here we go. All the company. All, All right. the company. Are you, are you ready to? Uh, Get some listener feedback in this? Yes, I am. All right. All right, all right, all right. Starting things off on our website at outlandercast.com, Linda wrote in saying, for the most part, I have loved the adaptation this season and have been impressed at what they've been able to fit into 13 hours. I really wanted to give this episode five kilts, but it fell short for me at the end. I was disappointed, and so it got demoted to 4.7 because of it, Linda writes. She also says she can't separate her good from great, and she doesn't want to finish on a sour note. So here she goes. Linda's bad was in no way, shape, or form. Does the Murtajo cast a rumpy pumpy make up for the lack of Claire and Janie alone time in this season finale? I believe that the episode length is a star's decision, and I'm aware of the time constraints. Aren't we all? But really, stars, you can just give us 10 more minutes to send us off into this incredibly long droughtlander with a smile. In addition, the extra time that would have allowed for a much more satisfying reconciliation between Jamie and Bree, as well as Bree and Roger. It would have given Bree and Roger a chance to at least get into the house before the Redcoats arrived. Outlander is one of Star's top-rated shows, and I'm totally bewildered at their thinking of this. Linda's Great is all the rest of the episode. It finished off a season that was, for her, close to the season one feels. The production, music, sets, and costumes were amazing. Outstanding, of course, has been the acting. Sam and Rick, in particular, have stood out this season. But I was particularly blown away by those tears in this episode. They drew me right into the scene and made me feel their pain. I would also like to give a special mention to the Brianna Roger theme music. Oh, yes. I absolutely love it. And when Brianna saw Roger coming down the road, it was the music that gave me the goosebumps and had me in tears. I would like to end by thanking you both, meaning Blake and I, uh, for being such a special part of Linda's Outlander journey. She says, our podcasts are amazing. I started this journey about 27 years ago with the first book. She was born and raised in England and immigrated to the U.S. in 1974 when she was 26. She was taught Scottish history in Culloden, but knew very little about the American Revolutionary War. Diana's books have taught her so much more, and I did a lot of research Lisa sends along the way. Lisa also knew very little about the producing of a series like this and that is where we both came in boom she says our explanations about lighting camera shots and production do's and don'ts plus the interviews and special podcasts have helped linda understand so much more and increased her viewing pleasure tenfold at 71 linda is proof that you are never too old to learn and she just says keep up the excellent work my journey is not ended yet no, thank you not. linda thank you linda so you know blake how did you feel did you feel like um you know, Outlander being a big deal for stars that they should have allotted maybe 10 more minutes. Yeah, but you know, it's all, I think it's all due to, and it's all part of their programming, how they set up their shows, like uh, what comes on afterwards. It's it's all contract-based, right? So if you're allowing for 10 more minutes of one thing, you have to take 10 minutes less Correct. of another. 
Uh, and yes, Outlander may be, it's not its most popular show, by the way. Power is Star's most popular okay. show. Okay. At least according to the ratings that they have let out. Yeah. Um, but yes, you're right. I mean, is there an opportunity there to, to, to have more? Yeah, sure. But then you have to pay more money. Um, you know, you have to get more content. Because remember, Stars does not own Outlander. Correct. Sony does, right? Sony yeah. owns Outlander, and Stars is the distributor of Outlander. For example, Sony also owns a bunch of shows, uh, the most famous one being Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad was not owned by AMC. Breaking Bad was owned by Sony. Well, I like to think of it as like a store. If you want Oreos, Oreos are made by Nabisco, but you can buy Oreos at Target. So if oh, if Target only yes. buys like five packs of Oreos and you're like, shame on you, Target. Shame on you. Um, oh, no, that's not making any sense. If you were like, oh, I wish that there was... Uh, Valentine's Day Oreos. Dang you, Target. Why don't you make Valentine's Oreos? It's not Target's fault. They just sell it and give it to you. Nabisco, I think, makes Oreos, and it would be them that you would talk to. So you're saying, if we want more time, we actually need to be putting this all to Sony. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, stars could put pressure on Sony, um, but it's not necessarily stars' fault. Um, I'm sure that there's some negotiation within the behind all the politics of it all, but it's Sony who is the one who's creating the show. I mean, along with um, you know Tall Ship Productions yeah. and so on and so forth. So okay, that's, great. That's, that's so the deal. Our next writer on the website it, is C. No, it's it's actually Mo C. Sorry, I, I oh. for some reason it's not showing up here. I don't know okay. why. But I'm going to take your whatever. word for it. Sure, it's Mo C. She says, hi, Blake and Mary. You guys did a fantastic fantastic job with the live podcast. Kudos to you. Thank you. Thank you, Mo. We tried our best with the live podcast. (laughs) She says, I'm out of the lurking closet one more time. Come on out. Two things I wish the show had done differently and stuck with the book. Number one, Lord John Gray should have been at River One with Brianna when she delivered that baby. He was her betrothed. And especially because Jamie and Claire had made it back, he would have never left her alone. Yeah, like what if she died in childbirth? I know. Way to go, Lord John Gray. Way to be the world's worst babysitter. You were the best and now you're the worst. It's just not in congruence with his character. He was in for a penny and tied and in for a pound, as evidenced by his jailhouse visit with Brianna. I'm not buying the excuse that Lord John had to leave on business and, in essence, abandon Brianna at this juncture, leaving her to Aunt Jocasta and the slaves. He would have stayed, regardless of Murtaugh's absence or presence, and Lord John's absence created a huge hole and a missed opportunity. His character was so prevalent this season, just can't imagine what the writers were thinking. Time out. Mary, do you agree with this sentiment? Yes. I totally agree, too. Yes. Not having Lord John there. I mean, perhaps it was probably something to do with his scheduling as, as an actor. Maybe yeah. he was off doing something else. And so they but just couldn't still, have him. it's like Lord John Gray being her fiance and being charged with protecting her and watching over her. He wouldn't have gone away. Right. And what I want to say is, OK, you've made you know, you've made this guy a major portion of your story for season four. Yeah. Don't you just want to pony up the extra money to the dude or to the or to the other production company and say, listen, we need him back. Kind of like what Henry Cavill did between yes. Paramount and Warner Brothers for okay. Superman and Mission yep. Impossible. You know, they just paid him extra and just said, hey, give us give us access for like a week or so. That's all you needed. You didn't need a whole ton of time. I, I that's it's just my opinion. Uh, number two, in the book, Jamie and Claire made it back in time for Brianna's labor and de- delivery. Claire delivered her grandson and Jamie tried to beat feet 
and Bree asked him to stay with her during L and D. Labor and delivery. Ah, yes, thank you. He did. It was powerful, and as a result, it went a long way to heal the fissure in their relationship. And by the time that dinner scene at River Run came around, I was just shaking my head. So, Jamie was there for the birth. Usually guys like chill and they're like, whatever. Yeah, but Jamie was there and he was able to hold, hold the kid in the book. Yes. Okay. And as I recall, the combination above allowed for Jamie and Claire to express their gratitude to John for what he did for Brianna mm-hmm. and by proxy them, along with the accompanied emotion. And I remember a moment between Jamie and John together, and John pretty much tells Jamie that Brianna is a handful, and she almost got him killed, or something to that effect. Another bonding moment missed. And I know the book is the book, and the show is the show. But sometimes there are critical junctures that the writers need to use the source material provided and not take the adaptation to an extreme. Lord John will remain a prevalent character going forward, and what happens now will reflect how things will be played out in the future. True. I mean, it's true. It's true. Listen, I I think you're right. The book is the book, and the show is the show. I think there is a DNA that the show must follow when it comes to the book. Well, probably, too, the writers were saying, okay, we can have Lord John or Murtaugh. If we have them both, then it's this extra layer that we don't necessarily need when there's so many other emotions and things and plot points to be going on. So maybe it was just that. Maybe they flipped a coin and said, who do we want to be there, Murtaugh or Lord John I know, but remember, too, I mean, just because it's in the book doesn't mean that it's 100% right. And just because it's in the book doesn't mean that it's 100% supposed to be included. Some things that are in the book just aren't translatable to screen. No, I know, but that's what I'm getting at, is that if we wanted Lord John Gray in this episode, it would have been difficult. Right. So I think they just chose Myrta instead. Ned wrote in on the website and said, Dear Marion Blake, am I the only one who is disappointed in Jamie for his behavior towards Roger? I realize that the rescue and Ian's sacrifice do pass for an apology, but I'd still like to have the words, I'm so sorry from Jamie's mouth and assuming that Roger was going to leave and jumping on him for it was unwarranted Roger was just taking a minute or two to process the news Mm -hmm. but Jamie practically shoved him out of their lives that was why Roger ran off living in your in-laws living with your in-laws can be trying even with good people but a father-in-law who has worked up as Jamie is a power keg of trouble side note you do realize that Fergus Marshling and their baby will also likely be staying there until further notice they better get started with some other houses really fast And despite Jamie and Roger's rough start, however, I believe they'll be great friends eventually. And why do I think that? Because of the rules of Outlander. Rule number one, coincidence is everything. 100%. Rule number two, unless you take a pulse and make sure they're dead, they'll turn up later. Jamie, Galas, and Blackjack were all fought dead. So we know that Bonnet will be back. Mm-hmm. Rule number three, Jamie's friendships always start with at least the threat of violence. Claire was a hostage with Jamie's buddies for months. That didn't stop them from falling in love. The French minister of finance, Duvani, oh, I'm saying this all wrong, uh, ended up in a fountain by Jamie in season two when they mauled Claire. <laughs> he yes, still right. walked away with a new chess partner. Yes. And how did things start with Lara Jungray? Oh, yeah. He tried to slit Jamie's throat. Then Jamie broke his arm. And they had him tied to a tree for the rest of the night. Based on the rules of Outlander, I believe that Jamie and Roger will be very close eventually. You know, well done. You know, I, you know, I, I actually t- tend to agree with you, and it kind of it runs, uh, it dovetails kind of with my Outlander's theory of the week that Roger's going to go try to kill Stephen Bonnet, and he's going to get his ass handed to him, and it's going to be Jamie that comes to his rescue, and that will kind of heal the gap i feel like so i think yeah you're right i think eventually the two will will 
probably become close together. And I need to say something. Uh, it just made me re- realize, I know that in the finale episode, the recap episode, I talked about how Roger just needed a nap. <laughs> and then he, like, you know, realized that he still wanted to be with Bray. Um, and people said, well, just one nap wouldn't fix all those wounds on his face. No, it was a nap one night, and then he started his three-month journey or whatever it took to get back. <laughs> because how I picture it is, they were all near the Mohawk Village. Roger took a nap and said, oh my goodness gracious, yes, I do want Bray. But Jamie and and um, Claire were already on their way. They were a day ahead. And then Roger followed after, and he had all those days to take care of himself. Does that make sense? Uh, no, I'm just saying that some people said... No, no, that makes sense. I, I mean, that makes sense. I'm just I, I just, I really disagree with the whole notion of Roger taking a time. He's like, I need time. I, just, I think that Jamie uh, and Claire should have just tied him to a... a, a horse and said i don't care that you want time we told we were taking you home so you know what we're doing we're taking you home yeah sucker yeah. uh you know here on facebook tamara payton stock says i'm new well tamara uh welcome uh she says do these two not read the books and uh well tamara no i don't read the books mary does so she's doing her best to keep herself we're spoiler free <laughs> but as yes. best as i can be but yes we we are we are the doing... podcast is spoiler free yes, the... except i do a lot of like weird <laughs> weird sounds and looks and everything all right so going on next okay the next one uh comes from beverly she says i feel really bad for jamie because jenny is going to be so yes! angry with him for letting this happen to her yes! youngest child she will never see ian again hashtag by ian he won't be allowed to visit Scotland. The Mohawk are very strict about integrating you into their culture. So how is Jamie going to explain that after Ian almost burned in his print shop, yep. was kidnapped by a witch who raped him, yep. that he is now a member of the Native Americans? Because Worst babysitter ever. Oh, God, no. Adventures in babysitting. No, Jamie <laughs> failed. He did not get YMCA babysitter certified. <laughs> because Jamie could have made sure of Roger's identity before he got rid of him. Jamie could have punched Roger out, brought him to the house, and told Bree that her supposed rapist was there. She could have then cleared up the misunderstanding, and none of this, the rest would have happened. But no. Jamie had to do what he did, and now Jenny's son is gone. Possibly forever. Blake, you're good with predictions. So, do you think we'll see Ian again in future seasons? Abso-frackin-lutely. We are absolutely going to, um... We are absolutely going to see Ian again. And, uh, you know, something tells me that it's not going to be next season. I don't think. But I bet, I, I bet in future seasons we'll see him. If, in, because in, as we all know, Outlander has been re- renewed for seasons five and six. My guess, if we're talking about predictions, is that six will probably be the final season of Outlander. That's just my guess. Unless people start playing nice on the Twitter sphere. Yeah, no, see, I don't think that that has any bearing on what they want to do, because they know what 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 is what the, the what the bearing on whether or not they decide to make a show is. Is it profitable? Number one. Yeah. Does it keep on bringing in subscribers? Number two. Yeah. And how much does it cost to make? Right. So well, and people going leads want us to keep doing this. Oh, that's true. But like. So, yeah, is it profitable, right? Do your leads, can you pay your leads enough to continue going, right? So, for example, Friends, right? When Friends was a television show, you know, by season seven, Jennifer Aniston and and uh, and uh, David Schwimmer, they were all requesting 
a million dollars each per episode. Per episode. So, for NBC at the time, that made sense because Friends was the most popular yeah. show on the planet. Yeah. And they were raking in tons of money in advertising. A, a, a show like Outlander is subject to stars, which itself is subject to subscriptions. And they don't make as much money as a network tel- as a network TV show yeah. would. So is it profitable? And is, does it make sense? And is it does it cost enough? And that is what it, people freaking out on Twitter and Instagram or what that doesn't mean nothing. It, they're they're all a bunch of trolls. It's really what it comes down to. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. There's a troll in the dungeon. <laughs> no, no sound effect from you. Uh, you don't even know what I'm quoting. Shame. That's uh, a shame on you. No, why? Why? What? What is it from? Are you kidding me? What's it's it on Halloween when Professor Quirrell runs into the Great Hall. You're a wizard, Harry. There's a troll in the dungeon. You're right. You're right. You're okay. welcome. Right, oh my goodness. Sorry. I Sorry. know what we're watching in Droughtlander. <laughs> what Game of Thrones? <laughs> All right. Facebook. Amy Scallon wrote in and said, "How do you say pudding in Mohawk? Because that should be Ian's Native American name. Am I right, Mary?" For the first time this season, I had tears running down my face when Ian had to say goodbye to the uncle he looked so much up to. His face. He looked like such a pudding. And Jamie's when he says, you didn't ken how worthy you are. Can you say that, Blake? You, what? Can you say, you didn't ken how worthy you, you are. You didn't ken how worthy no, you are. Uh, t- nope. I thought you were going to try to do it Scottish. Oh. Nope. Uh, it, gave, it gave Amy all the feels. Such a beautiful moment. That was her great. And she's grateful to see such joy in Ian's face. Minutes later in the episode when he is accepted into the tribe. Another great line she pointed out was, that's the last unanswered blow and take me to see my son. I loved this episode, but I'm worried Sophie Skelton gave herself hemorrhoids filming the birthing scene. Great job by all the actors. Uh, Christine Wilcox uh, chimes in, says, uh, there was a lot I loved about this finale, but also things I didn't. It just didn't feel like a finale for me. I loved the Roger rescue scenes, except that I felt they spent way too much time on the Otter Tooth story. And the goodbye with Ian was heartbreaking. I loved that Roger stood his ground with Jamie and gave a little back to him. And I loved the plot twist with Myrta and Jocasta. Then it goes downhill a little bit. I'm a book reader, and I don't normally mind that they adapt things, but the birth of the baby with Jamie and Claire present with was a, such a beautiful part of the book that it helped mm-hmm. bond their relationship. Jamie and Claire seemed very stoic and emotionless when they got to River Run. I just didn't feel that the actors were on their A games, except for Ian and Roger. Oh, I took it as they were like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. We gave you our word and we totally messed up. I absolutely agree. Like, I felt that they played it just the way that they probably should have played it. Dropping Mary, stuff. don't go breaking the studio. Stuff. Oh, goodness. Don't, don't go breaking the goodness. studio. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, she also says, and the ending, while it sets the stage for season five well, seemed a bit soapy to me. Would you agree that it felt soapy to you, my darling? No. No. I mean, I've watched a lot of soap operas in my life. My mom used to have them on the TV a lot when she folded laundry. I didn't find it soapy. I don't want any more. No, thank you. You don't want any more? No. Well, don't go pour it. Oh, my God. You're going to have a good night. Sorry. Mary just poured her entire (laughs) glass of wine into mine. Anyway, (sighs) so. It's going to be that kind of night. I'm already sweating from it. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, (laughs) while you do that, let's take a quick break. You know, 
one of the highlights of the Outlander cast finale party was being able to see our sponsor, Castle Massey, in person. Just to be able to see their beautiful line of fragrances, bath and body products, and apothecary essentials that you have to just try to believe. So we know it's hard to buy a scent online, and maybe you weren't at the party. But let me just tell you that everyone who felt this way at our finale party they, they, they felt this way they felt after smelling everything they knew that oh, they yeah. were in good hands with Castle Massey right. all of their fragrances are carefully crafted to be true to that inspiration so for example their florals smell like true flowers not your grandmother's powdery rose perfume you mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about and they extend that level of care and dedication and quality to all of their products their soaps and lotions are all bad free and they too smell like they've been described believe us we trust them and just for this last week of the season of Outlander cast you can trust them for all of your apothecary needs for 30% off your entire order that's now through Sunday the 3rd at midnight okay guys this is it this is your last chance to get 30% off your entire order at castwellmancy.com when you enter the code OutlanderCast at checkout and you really don't want to miss out on this for more information of course you can find them all all online just by searching at Castle Massey. But let me tell you, you're going to want to jump on this special. 30% off? Stuff's good. Stuff's good. Especially, especially, most importantly, by the way, the, 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 the most important part of my entire line of fragrances, which would be the number six. Here comes the General's Washington. It's going to be like my last time to like play that like within like oh, context. context. Yeah. So I need to play that one oh, last time. Oh, man. You know, we were talking about uh, Jamie and the birthing scene and the end and is the end soapy. And we were also talking about friends just prior. And when I, you know how Joey used to be in soap operas? In, yes, in, in, Friends? in the show. And I used to, I, when, I, when, J, when Jamie has that final line, when he's like, and I have to go take out, and he, and he takes the glasses off and there's a big oh. break and he looks up, <laughs> like the, the rebel, Murtaugh Fitzgibbons. It reminded me of the line that Joey has when it was called Smell the Fada Acting. Like, how do you have such extensive friends knowledge? Were you a big friends person? I was. I was a big friends person. I love friends. I believe that, actually. <laughs> I believe that. Was this in your, also in your Freddie the, Prince Jr. phase? Oh, yeah. When I, you like wanted to be I, him? I wanted to be him and Chandler Bing in every way. I believe all of this. <laughs> and it's good we didn't meet then. Uh, yes. Yes, it is good. No, but smell the fod acting is when, you know, you say you say a line and then you... Like if like you're almost like forgetting the rest of it, you take a big break. You look around. You have this concerned look, and then yeah. you finish your line. That's exactly what Jamie did. He did the smell the fod acting. It's like my other favorite thing that they do in shows and movies, but not in real life. Um, well, they'll do something like, "Not today, Blake. Not today." <laughs> Like, who repeats themselves like that? You know what I mean? Uh, Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like also when somebody starts a line and they look at something and they go, my God, nobody says my God, or nobody <laughs> says, damn it, why did that happen to me? Nobody starts a sentence with damn it. It's just not natural. You, okay, sure. No, you don't. But nobody I, starts a sentence with damn it. I don't. I mean, I don't. You're right. But I don't know. Maybe some other people do. Not today. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> All right. So the, we get an email from Nina. She says, Jamie was never forgiven by Bree, nor did he get to hold the baby, which is not cool. I wish he and Claire were, were there for the birth as, in the, as it was in the books, but forgetting that, they needed something. 
Oh, she sat next to him at dinner. Um, it was the only open seat with a place setting. And like Blake says, show me forgiveness. Don't tell Myrta about it. 100% right. Bree's birth scene, you see her pushing. She did great there, yes. which is fine. But then the next scene, she's all tucked up in a purple princess poster bed in a yep. new outfit, not in her bloody shift. And it looks like Jocasta wakes her up to say, you got a boy. Sorry, hon, but I've done natural childbirth. And you're awake when he pops out. Yes. Dead tired, yes. but awake. Yes. And I was wondering if that OB from Boston, the sexist doctor, e- uh, evil doctor, was hanging around River Run, dealing out Twilight sleep hosts or something. What the hell was that about? Seriously. What happened? How did natural birthing breathe? not know the sex of her child yes i know i i agree like i don't know i I don't know the only thing that i can think of is that they took the baby away to go make sure it was alive and she like passed out because she was pooped Uh, that or yeah that's probably that's possible it's yeah. possible. Anyway, then Roger. Okay, so when Jamie and Claire are begging to keep him, and Jamie offers himself, and then offer Ian offers himself, you see a wimpy-looking Roger hugging Claire with a dopey hangdog look on his face and doing nothing. How about no, Jamie? You can't do that, Claire. You got. You just got to go back. Or no, Ian. I'll just stay. And okay, he's afraid to do that, but not even a darn thank you. This is Roger. This Roger is no king of men, that's for sure. They have a lot of Roger didn't say thank you to Ian. He didn't say nothing. (gasps) Oh my gosh! Didn't say nothing. He didn't send him a gift basket. And she's and 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 uh, Nina is right. She he's just like kind of like hanging on to Claire, and like she's just like. I mean, he's in shock. He's been going through a lot of bad things. I don't know. Oh, but she says they have a lot of work to do to make me care about Roger next season, and I liked him just fine in the books. Agreed, 100%. They got a lot of work to do. Lastly, I've read all the books probably 10 times by now and watched the show from the beginning, and this never occurred to me until I saw it in the episode. I got teared up when Ottertooth was taking the bloody beaten because I thought, holy shit. Oh, sorry. Sorry, is that, that Mark Zuckerberg? That was... And children. I'm on Burgundy? That was written. I just read it. <laughs> if Jamie didn't love Claire as much as he did and believe her in time travel girl from the future story, she could have easily met the same fate as he did if she was in different hands oh. or with different people in different place. It really freaked me out, especially about that parallel that had never occurred to me before. Yes. You knew they were both travelers, but wow. I give this episode four and a half kilts. Not the best episode of the season. And the Bree not forgiving Jamie and uh, Claire and Jamie. And Jamie not holding the baby really lost points for me. I love Outlander and him hopeful for season five, especially if Sam and Katrina really do get more of a voice with their characters. Crossing my fingers for that. Now that comment, Sam and Kat really are... They, Sam said something in an interview recently that he's really hoping that she, he and she can play a bigger role like in the production mm. in some of the choices and that is not uncommon by the what way what does that mean I'm taking a break from the comments because I want to delve into that for a hot that second that is not uncommon so like so they want to become like they want producers? to become producers okay. so for example like uh, 24 yeah okay Kiefer Sutherland was played Jack Bauer Yes. And everybody loved 24. It was one of the, it was probably the most popular show on television at the time. And by season 5, they had come to contract time. Mm-hmm. And by season 5, season 5 was was the height of 24. Yeah. Kiefer Sutherland was like, "Sure, I'll I'll, I'll come back, but I want more say in what Jack does." Okay. I want to become a producer on this show. Okay. And he would have say in what was written, how his character was treated, so on and so forth. For So for seasons five through eight, 
Jack. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland was tell was calling the shots. Okay. Essentially, Kevin Spacey is the same way on um, House of Cards. Was the same way. That's true. Was the same way on House of That's Cards. What you get when you're not. By seasons two or three, he was a producer and he was calling the shots. Okay. And uh, and so that's how it goes. So that's not uncommon. Now, do you do they trust have... Sam and Cat to elevate the show to another level? No, I don't. Oh no! And it's not to say that see that that this is this is a tricky question because you're yeah. asking me if I trust them. No, I don't because they're relatively new. new actors, and they know the characters, but they don't have any experience in this kind of field. Okay, they haven't been around a whole ton. Okay, right. And, I think I know what it's about. And you know what I, you know who I trust to do it? Ron Moore. Ron friggin' Moore. Ron Moore. You and he what? ain't doing it. I know. I think Sam just wants to get the bangs taken off. I think that's really he what he's fighting for. He needs to grow for. his hair back. I think he's just trying to be like, if I'm a producer, maybe I can change my wig. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> so it, are they capable of doing it? Sure. I, I'm sure that they're capable of doing it. Do I trust that they're capable of doing it? No, I don't trust it. It just, it just, it is what it is. What would it take for you to trust them? A little bit more time. Baby, we only have two more seasons left. Well, I mean, as of right now, yes. So, I don't know. I just I, I say, why not? I say a lot of these people are new or newish. Let them try. Maybe they'll surprise us. But without Ron Moore... Well, that, and see, now this, this brings up a whole other conversation. Do, are, do you think the show is in good hands right now? Like that's, that that's, that's the that's real a, question. That's a conversation for a different podcast. No, you're right. You're right. Okay. So, uh from Heather, what do you got? Heather says that um she's been listening to Blake's take on Roger leaving Bree and his total disbelief that he could do that on their wedding night. I wanted to give you my read on Roger. It doesn't excuse what he does, but it uh, it might give you an insight into the choices he makes. I see Roger as someone who is dealing with abandonment. He lost his parents when he was very young and he has the Reverend as a surrogate parent. Considering the Reverend's age, his vocation to his parish, his academia in the era of an 1940s and 50s, I don't think he could have been able to provide the emotional support and connection that the young grieving Roger needed to grow up. When we meet Roger as an adult, it is at his adopted father's funeral. He has again lost his family and is alone. Roger's experience is that he loses the people that he loves. The sense of abandonment becomes his primary wound and his biggest vulnerability. Every time he has put himself in the line with Bree, she's rejected him. These triggers that triggers this primary wound. He reacts badly and defensively, a total fear-based reaction, not good, but understandable. And in Wilmington, even though Breeze says, no one's stopping you, Roger hears a different message. I don't want you. Leave. So he does, calms down, and goes back to her, but it's too late. I also think his image of Bree is totally idealized. Once he is rescued, Claire and Jamie completely shatter that idealized image of her. Again, he needs time to process all of that information before he can go back and fully commit to her. It's been an interesting arc for this season, and I'm really interested to see how they continue to play this out in season five. Hmm. Yes, it will be interesting. Yes. Uh, Carol Messer Crawford here on Facebook says, Ron Moore isn't going anywhere. He'll be involved until the end. Carol, you're right. He will be involved with the show. But what you probably don't know actually, is that Ron is is a showrunner for another show that's coming on Apple. Very He's going to be a little busy. He's got multiple shows going on all at once. He is the executive producer. Technically, I, I would imagine that he has the, the title of showrunner. But the people that are actually running the show on a day-to-day -day yeah. basis, that is Matt Roberts and Tony Graffia. Yes. Ron Moore is, is just a, he's an executive producer. He's not 
And he he himself has admitted this. And and and, and all the things that he he used to do, he's not even doing anymore. No. Uh, in terms of like promotion and stuff like that. That's all Matt Roberts and Tony Graffia now. Yes. And they're the ones who are doing the show. So yes, we do need more Ron Moore. For Meredith, she says, where was Lord John Gray? I expected him to be at River Run in the last episode. My guess is that David Barry had to film in Australia for the final season of A Place to Call Home. I really think that this episode should have been an hour and a half, so to fit everything in. Roger didn't even get to see the baby. And why is that he was born two months ago and was not given a name? Because she was waiting. She was waiting for Roger to, yeah. to come and, you know, whatever. About Roger's temporary departure, Claire was given a little time to think of things over at the Stones, so why shouldn't Roger take a bit of time? And make no mistake, it wasn't the bastard child who was giving him second thoughts. It was the bastard father-in-law who went from physically abusing him to emotionally abusing him. Jamie blames Roger for Brianna getting raped and the loss of Ian. And it's true that Roger does have some blame for this, but let's put this in perspective. Roger was sold to the Mohawk. He missed out on all of Brianna's pregnancy and the birth of his son. And both Brianna and Roger decided to forfeit their chances to go home before the baby came because Roger, they wouldn't leave without the other. So both of them are giving up a lot to be together. Roger will never see a college campus or a research library again. He's giving up Batman and Dark Shadows forever too. So he's also taking on regulators in the Revolutionary War. So because of Jamie's beating and selling of his son-in-law, he's likely cost Roger just as much. And whatever mistakes Roger's made, he's paid for them. The feud has to end right now. And if they're going to be a family. I mean, yeah, seriously, think about that. Had Roger not been beaten up, he would have gotten to see Brianna and they could have had enough time to go back through the stones. Right. <laughs> Tanya Royston says on Facebook, his name is Boy. <laughs> Hashtag good bird box reference. Good job. <laughs> Um, that I think is going to be save a big part of the next season, which which is watching Roger and Jamie bond in the movie Saving Private Ryan. They save him at the co- at the cost of at least five lives, and Miller tells Ryan earn this in his last moments. And Roger knows what it took to free him, so he's going to try to be worthy of what Ian did and being a good husband and father and a good son-in-law. Jamie is essentially losing one son and gaining another, so I want to see Jamie learning to love and value Roger for himself. I agree. I think next season this is going to be a big thing. Yeah. It's going to be a big thing. All right. You ready for the... So, uh, the Outlander cast clan? Uh, we don't have anybody. Oh. Th- nobody commented on OutlanderCastClan.com, unfortunately. And that is entirely my fault because I didn't post it until today. Silly goose. I know. I, you know, with with the finale potty and everything going got on... thrown off. I just got thrown off. It, it messed me up. So... Uh, well, that, what that do we want to tell people about OutlanderCastClan.com? Well, you can go to OutlanderCastClan.com where you can get all the great benefits of OutlanderCastClan.com. Like all the, first of all, the amazing community of people that are there that are like the super diehard nerds for Outlander and Mary and Blake. Uh, and you can have great conversations on every single post and you can post things there uh, as well. Uh, you can also get the After Dark episodes, which we are about to record right after this episode. And as well as get free giveaways and cool swag and a whole bunch of other things like access to our show notes that we read off of and many other things. And actually, we're going to be doing a special little presentation in the OutlanderCastClan.com. Just for the clan. Just for the clan. And we have we have a number of things lined up. But the one thing that I do want to talk about today is for all you Hamilton nerds. That's right. Because Mary and I, at the request of many of you, will be doing a Hamilton deep dive. A mini series. Um, a mini series, uh, if you will. 
uh, on outlandercastclan.com. So it'll be a podcast uh, just like this, uh, but it'll be just for the Outlander Cast Clan members. Yep. And we'll, we'll have different theme music. We'll do the whole thing. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but we'll be breaking down Hamilton all for all you nerds because that's what we want to do. That's what we do. That's how we do. All right. So here is our voicemail section. Let's do it. Get ready to listen. Hi, Marianne Blake. My name is Mariana, and I am calling from Puebla in Mexico. I am a long-time listener and first-time caller, and I am calling about episode 12, Providence. Um, I tend to talk a lot, and I don't want to get cut off, so I'm going to get straight to my grade this week. First, I have to give a special mention to Lord John and Brie. I absolutely adore those two, and I could hear Lord John refer to Brie as Miss Brianna Fraser, his betrothed, all day long. Mm. I think Lord John is the definition of the word dreamy. <laughs> and my great this week is Stephen Bonnet. I'm sorry, I have to agree with Blake that Stephen Bonnet is the best addition to Outlander Season 4. I know he's an awful character, but I absolutely love him. I think Ed Spilliers is doing a great job. He's so charismatic and makes me laugh and so happy every time he is in an episode. I have a theory about him. I think it's going to be like in Season 1, where they just assume that Blackjack died in Wentworth and then they found out that he didn't die. I think they are going to assume that Stephen Bonnet died during the explosion and then we're going to get an untimely resurrection from him in season 5 like we got from Blackjack in season 2. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry if you could hear my uh, dog Sushi barking in the background <laughs> but anyway thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. thank you. Welcome to the family. Welcome, yes. welcome, welcome. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Christy from Montana. I'm a longtime listener, first-time caller. Yay. I just listened to your podcast about Providence. And I have to comment on your comments on the last scene and the music. Okay. Um, it never would have occurred to me in a million years that that was a song from Platoon. I don't think I'm alone in this. <laughs> I think most, a lot of people that aren't, you know, Nerds. They didn't study music or arts or <laughs> film or whatever. Just like a regular Joe listener, probably, I don't know, I have no idea that that is a song from, from Platoon or anything else, really. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great and it was moving and um, I didn't have a problem with it at all. My um, my great for this whole episode was Brie and her costuming. I was really Ooh, yes. excited about that. Yes. It was awesome. Um Thanks for everything you guys do. You guys are awesome. And uh, here comes Droughtlander. Oh, yeah, no, it's a swear word. It's not. <laughs> Finale week. We're good. We're good. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Kathy from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Hi. I wanted to make a comment on people's reactions to Johan going into the fire and leaving her baby behind. When I read this in the book, I was absolutely shocked and horrified. And the only way that I could justify it in my mind was that she felt complicit in Father Alexandra's sin Uh that separated him from his God, um, that she felt she was the temptation that caused him to disavow his vows and um, essentially uh, be not in grace with his God, and that she felt she had to share the punishment for that or the redemption the um uh that she that she could not let him suffer alone that she uh. was complicit and that she should suffer as well 
and that she would perish with him. That was the only way I could justify this in my mind because I can't imagine leaving my child behind for any man. Thanks. I totally get it. Yes. I understand. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Jess from Chicago where I'm freezing <laughs> cold. Um, okay, so man of worth. Uh, I don't even know where to start. The term jump the shark comes to mind. Wow. But there, it was like jumping a baby shark, maybe. A baby, baby seal. Shark. Um, th- these writers... I, I don't even, like, are they all in the same room when they write these episodes or are these been being written via email or Google Doc? Um, anyway, here's my plan going forward. Okay. I'm just going to listen to your podcast. Oh. Oh. Um, because I find it better than the Stars series. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So um, we can also start a, peti- a petition to where Mary and Blake write an episode. Hey. I'm, I'm on board for that because, yep. guys... We're lost in the forest. Um, Gotta go back. And there's a big, Pete. scary monster coming. We have to go back. And it's called Matt B. Roberts and Meryl. <laughs> and they're coming to eat our beloved series. Um, I know a lot of people probably won't like that. But, <laughs> if, if, you know, if you break apart the plot of this <sighs> entire season. Um, oh, my God. It's so eye-rolly that. I'm just cringing. So, um, like I said, <laughs> the plan moving forward is to just listen to your podcast. Um, and that's what I'm going to do. So you guys let me know if it's good or not, because you're far more entertaining. Oh, uh, have a great drought lander and I will tune into your other episode, other podcast. Thank episodes. you. Oh, Thanks. Thank bye. You. That, thank you. This, that deserves this. That was great. I mean, whether or not you agree with with her, I, I I don't know. But just that imagery, the big monster coming through the woods, being <laughs> Matt Roberts and Tony Gravier coming to eat our show. Oh man, that was that was friggin' excellent. Awesome, awesome call. Hi, Mary Blake. It's Sharon calling from Chicago. Hi, Sharon. I'm calling about the finale, and I'm so sad because it's going to be the last time I'll be able to talk to you, too, no. about Outlander. Don't worry. So I'm going to give this episode the finale a 4.9. They really stuck the landing. It was a good, solid episode. Lots of things to look at for next season and lots of things tied up. My good is Jocasta and Murta. Wow, that was so great. And I can't make Mary's kitty cat noise, so I'm going to make my own meow meow, I'm going to say. And then the bad. It's something it's with Roger. And it bothered me in the books, bothered me in the show. I don't know why he would immediately go back to Brie. Frank, actually, when he found out that Claire was pregnant, he immediately embraced that baby as his, as his own right away. He didn't have to think about it. Right. And he had a lot more to be upset about than Roger. Um, and I don't know why Bree would want to have a guy that has to wait and decide whether he's going to go back to her. So anyway, and then my great was we Ian, sorry, young Ian running through the gauntlet showing that he is his uncle's nephew. He's a Highlander in his own right. He can jump. He can fly through that gauntlet. I love the thing where he picked up the sand, threw it in the guy's eyes. He's really wily, and I can't wait to see his character art for next year. Mm-hmm. So, farewell, my friends. Speak to you next year. Bye. We're still here. 
We're still here, so don't you worry. Dinner fash. We're going to be coming to you with podcast episodes at least once a month, but in the beginning, it's going to be more than that. So don't worry. You can still be here. I still can't get over Matt Roberts and Tony Graffia being a monster eating our show. <laughs> oh, that was good. Hi, Mary and Blake. Jennifer from Boxford, Massachusetts here. Hey, Jennifer. Like most people, I hate to see the season end, so... I have an idea for off-season podcasting. Okay. How about doing a rewatch of the season or even the whole series and record your comments as you watch? Something similar to what the producers do on the official Outlander podcast, but I'm sure yours would be way more entertaining and informative. Obviously. You two could nerd out about dynamic shots, shadows, camera angles, background music, food porn, sweater porn. Yep. And All the every porn. little sex grunt and groan from Claire. <laughs> Most of us probably rewatch the series during Droughtlander anyway, so I'd love to be able to watch it with you. Oh. What say you? Well, well thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> well, well We'll see about that. That might be something that's on the docket. I'm not I'm going to neither confirm nor deny any of that. That may or may not, in some form or fashion. Be a plan. Only, only uh, if we can have a dram and say this. This episode is sponsored by <laughs> by by something. <laughs> Sons of Liberty. Yeah, I know whiskey. Who provided all of the whiskey for our uh, Outlander cast finale party, which they was did very good. good, very good. All right, let's do the next one. Hi, Mary and Blake. It's Jen in Maryland. Very long time listener, first time caller, Jen! and I had to call in for this one. Yes. So I'll talk fast. Lots to cover. My kilt rating, 4.9. This is actually the first episode of the season I've watched more than twice. There were so many little nuggets. I really just wanted to get it all. My good, I have a tie. Everything with Myrta. I'm an avid book reader, and so this is such a nice change for me. I love seeing Myrta and Brie, Myrta and Jocasta. Just, it's that piece of that puzzle that Myrta's getting to fit in, and I just love it. It warms my heart my other tie for good. Everything talking about Scotland, remembering where you come from, remembering who you are, remembering your loyalties. I just feel like so many of our ancestors must have felt this way. Mm -hmm. You know, they've left where they've come from, but they're trying to remember who they are, where they come from, and more importantly, instill those things into their family. Mm, my yes. bad. Um, Jamie didn't get to hold his grandson. Yes. That really stunk for me, but I get it, whatever. So moving on, the great, the acting, we have got to have one of the most stellar casts in all of television, and how fortunate are we? Whether these characters were expressing their love, their anguish, their fear, we got to see and more importantly feel everything, whether they said it or they didn't say it. The breathing, the way they swallow, the way the tears would well up in their eyes, it just, it touched me. So, you guys, thank you so much for everything. Yay! Thank you for calling in. Great job. Thank you very much. Hey, Mary and Blake. It is Carly from Australia Hi, uh, with some listener feedback for Men of Worth. So, my good Jamie going into full dad mode after you left my daughter. She was raped. Ah, mm -hmm. oh, so good. So good. Loved it when Roger realized that the baby may not be his yep. and Jamie ramped up and went into like next level dad mode and was like, well, can you stand by Brianna? Ha, ha, ha. Because if you don't. And then Claire stepping in like, all right, calm down, mate. <laughs> to be honest, my good could also be my great. Bad. 
Roger and Brie, I just still don't care for either of them, nor their relationship. <laughs> I don't believe it. Um, I still care for Lord John and Brie way more, and I'm kind of hoping they still get together. Is that bad? <laughs> um, great. So, the ultimate goodbye, Ian, moment. Right. right. <laughs> the acting from Sam was just perfection. His face, the tear, oh, the red eyes. Uh-huh. Loved it. Uh-huh. Um, and then also in the ultimatum scene with Roger, if you need time, then take it because this is our daughter, so you better be sure. Yep. It's a side of Claire and Jamie that we haven't seen. Excellent acting, so believable. Um, and that's it. So thank you, Mary and Blake, for another epic season of Outlander cast. Oh. You brighten up my day each week, and I just love being part of the Facebook group too. So I can't wait for next season. Thank awesome. you, Kalia. Thanks, Kalia. That just made my day. I appreciate that. Hello from the Highlands of Scotland. It's Kirsten Lane here giving you my take on the episode. The good, the Mohawk Soul Train line. Jeez, oh, Ian's learned some slippery skills since The Hobbit. <laughs> he was leapfrogging, sideswiping, throwing dirt in folks' eyes and shimmying through legs. All skills honed from evading the wrath of his mum. No wonder he's fast. A tanned Irish from Jenny probably left him unable to sit down for days. And a scalp round the lugs left him not knowing whether it was New Year or New York. But the belter was his bonny moon face when he realised he'd been accepted. Nay more by ye and new. The bad. Those goody mohawks tell an utter tooth's tale. Did they have to break and set it up like a campfire sleepover tale? I half expected them to put candles under their chins and go, whoa, for <laughs> talking for extra effect. The great Mark Castor, delivering us some wire-haired walloper wanging. One minute they were extolling the virtues of a good whiskey that was difficult to source locally. The next, Jocasta was chucking said whiskey in his face. I honestly thought he was going to say, if you tell me you were going to do that, I'd have kept my mouth open so as not to waste a good dram. But no, it was basically Mackenzie foreplay and it cut to the silver seducer himself lying in the nutty after a night of tadger tossing with Jocasta. At least she'll need see those manky boots on her blankets. That's all from me. I'm going to miss you loads. Cheerio. Oh, Kirsten. At least you would see those dicky boots on the blankets. (laughs) Oh, Marcelie. Kirsten just makes my life. She makes my life, and I'm so glad that she's she's the the first Hall of Fame, like, complete winner. Kirsten, yes. Oh, oh, look at me. I'm, like, so excited. I'm hitting things. (laughs) I just can't. Unanimously voted in Hall of Fame Outlander cast caller. Hi, Marion Blake. Marsha from Columbus, Ohio. Hi, Marcia. I'm with my finale review. I give this episode five kilts. And I'm just going to list my goods cool. with my bads at the end. My goods. Roger and Jamie squaring off. The testosterone was just off the charts. Love that Roger didn't back down from Jamie, even with his menacing words of warning with his last unanswered blow um i also love the tender jamie moment with ian and saying goodbye and the buckets of tears and the anguish on jamie's face just phenomenal Mm -hmm. i also love the look of joy on ian's face when he was accepted into the mohawk i don't think that boy grinned that much when he was deflowered in his uncle's print shop (laughs) true and then of course the river run sequence with mercasta but mercasta Murtaugh, you really need to work on your romance skills. You know, you don't have a blind woman crawl, crawl into bed with you. You go get her for crying out loud. And the Bree and Roger reunion, 
so moving. I did want to see Roger meet his son, and I really wanted to see Bree and Jamie make up. So those are my only two bads. Let's get through this Droughtlander together. Love your guys' show so much. See you soon. Bye. You know what? I have a theory. I have a theory as to why we couldn't have a man hold the baby this episode. Why is that? Maybe their beards are too scruffy. And I'm just giving any reason why guys didn't hold the baby. I don't know. That's all I'm doing. (laughs) That's all I'm doing right now. It's just trying to make up for it. Hi, Blake and Mary. It is Jenny from Burbank. First of all, I don't know if I made it on to the listener feedback because I might be late. But if I did, I just want to say I listened to the podcast from the live event and it sounded wonderful. It sounded like so much fun. So I was thrilled to hear that. Uh, As far as the uh, season finale of Man of Worth, I loved it. I mean, I love them all. I was a book reader, so I know that there were differences, but I accept it. The books are the books. The show is the show. And I love what the show has done. I really do. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and give it a good old five. Nice. um, The only bad I have is it's the last one. So I'm not even going to go there. Uh, I've got so many greats, so many goods. I loved uh, Joe Costa and Murtaugh. I knew that was coming. I just knew it. But it it was adorable the way that all happened. And... I love, love, loved Ian going through the gauntlet. At the same time, uh, Roger was able to take out his frustrations on Jamie. That was so good. And I felt really good for Roger that he was able to get some swings in. I didn't love how Roger didn't go back right away, but they don't in the book. He doesn't in the book either. So that I just have to accept that's how it is. But their reunion. Oh, looks like she got cut off. Sorry. Um, but we get your point. We get your point, and I'll say this: just because Roger doesn't go back in the right, in the, like immediately in the book, doesn't mean that's the right choice either. It, it just doesn't mean it's the right choice. The right choice is for Roger to accept it and move on, and that's because that's the lesson that he learns from Joe Eon. Joe Joe Eun, I think it was how you pronounce it. Whatever, it doesn't matter. That's the lesson that he's supposed to learn. You do stupid things for love, and if he had just said. It's okay. I love Bree. No matter what, I'm going. You do stupid things for love. That makes sense for that arc, but it just it just, he didn't. just took one little nap. It's not like he showed up in a different season. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I forgive you, Roger. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Veronica Defoe from Sunnyvale, California. Hi, Veronica. I give this finale four point eight kilts. It would have been five, but there were a couple small inconsistencies, like, for example, how did Otter Tooth's opal make it through the stones and didn't burn up? Oh, good well, one. Well, never mind. All right. I'm going to do GBG and C. Good, bad, great, and cool. Ooh. My good oh. is Ian's emotional journey and John Bell's terrific acting. As he rises from his trial, victorious and ecstatic, I feel his joy, but I'm still heartbroken for his sacrifice. The readers of Drums of Autumn know what I'm talking about, and the viewers will hopefully learn more next season. My bad is the banishing of Wakatiosta. Just like Otter Tooth, she tries to convey the truth, but the chief is not willing to hear it. I hope we see more of her next season. Also, we've learned that people don't always get banished because they have committed a crime. 
time, disobeying also gets you in serious trouble. My great is all the amazing nuances in the scenes with Richard Reichen and the amazing chemistry between everyone involved in these scenes. Also, when the readers complained that the Boston Airport moment didn't depict Roger Wakefield as a dashing pirate the way he is described in the book, they didn't know that they just had to wait for it. The River Run reunion gave us all the feels and, yes, the dashing, hot, and a bit dangerous-looking Roger Mack. <laughs> he and the audience have finally earned that transformation. And my cool is the title card that showed us Otter Tooth before his time travel. We got to see when he lived and got a glimpse into his mind before he embarked on his mission. Thank you guys for all your great podcasting. Looking forward to your um, This Is Us 2 podcast and all your Droughtlander surprises. Be well. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. This Is Us 2 will, will definitely be happening. I'm very excited about it. Once, once they're back on TV. Um, no, I, think it's, I think it's next. Is it yeah. next week or is it this week? No, oh, the, it's two weeks, the, the State of the, the Union yeah, was State supposed union. to be last okay, night, yeah. then they postponed so it. Weeks, two weeks. The starred State of the Union keeps pushing back This Is Us. <laughs> Don't they know? I need Jack Pearson in my I life. I, I'd much rather watch Jack Pearson than the State of the <laughs> Union. <laughs> Hi, Mary. Hi, Blake. This is Bethany calling from a frozen Hi. and very cold Mississippi oh, you about the season finale. Oh, my gosh. Full five kilts, guys. Like, I got everything out of the season finale that I felt like I needed to to leave satisfied and happy. Um, so my good was definitely the loving and beautiful reunion scene between Brie and Roger. Even though he didn't come back immediately with Claire and Jamie, I felt like it was still just so beautifully romantic and just oh, brought tears to my eyes. My bad. It was just the most official by Ian moment of season yep. four with him going to live with yep. the Mohawk. I mean, I'm happy that my little ginger man is happy, but I'm sad that he's going to be leaving us. Um, but I was pretty impressed with his ninja-like movements through the spank line. Mm. I don't think I could have reacted that quickly. Me neither. <laughs> but anyway, um, and then my great, oh my goodness, somehow I knew they were going to ship um, <laughs> Joe Casta and Murtaugh. Oh my gosh. When they panned to Murtaugh laying in that bed and I got a glimpse of yep. Scottish silver-haired fox-like Fabio, yep. <laughs> I don't think I could have just fallen out of my bed any more than I probably almost did. Like, it was just, oh my gosh, it was beautiful. And their little fight before where she splashed him with the liquor was so just, oh, I I was like, something's going to happen. And then they panned to him in bed, and I was like, oh my yep. gosh. It was just, oh, it was great. But guys, I'm so sad to be saying goodbye, but speak to you soon. Yes. Bye. Well, you know what, Bethany? Here's the thing. I know, I know we've had our disagreements, especially over 90s music, and I know that you've been out of the circle of trust, and you know what? Since it's the finale, and since I want to leave on a good note, just in case, I'm going to allow you back into the circle of nice. trust. She's back in. Okay, Bethany? So you're cold in Mississippi. Welcome you're over back. there. Welcome back. Welcome back. You're in the circle. Good morning, Mary and Blake. This is Anne from Denver. Hi, Anne. I'm calling in reference to Man of Worth. And my feedback on that one. I want to just point out the sense of time that occurred between uh, Jamie and Claire leaving Roger in the woods yep. and then showing up at River Run. It was at least two or three months because of how big the baby got between him being yes. birthed yep. and when uh, they arrived. Murtaugh and Brie are talking when Jamie and Claire come back. Yep. Also at the same time, so that's at least two or three months old with that baby. 
And at the same time, you also got to see Roger coming back riding on a horse and his arm out of the sling. So obviously whatever occurred um, with his injury on the shoulder has now been fixed. So for the broken clavicle and or dislocated shoulder is now put back and is fine. As for Murtaugh and um, Joe Castor, yay, I'm glad they're together. I just wonder what happened between throwing apparently very good whiskey into his face and the morning. What transpired? <laughs> I would have liked just to see one extra step in between. Thank you. Keep up the good work. See you in season five. Yay. Maybe like one of those like mad, you know, those angry kisses that you see on TV? No. You know, like the ones where they're like, they, they grab each other and it's like a really forceful kiss and it's like angry. No. no, you know, okay. That sounds like it would hurt. It probably would hurt. Like Ouch. the whole teeth thing. Yeah. I know that's how no, I would thank feel. thank you. I'd feel about that way too. Hi, Mary and Blake. It's Julie from Oregon. Hi, Julie. First, Hi. I just want to say that you guys are so delightful and fun to hang out with. Thanks for doing the podcast. It's literally half the fun of the Outlander experience. Aww. So my good on the season finale was Murtaugh's unbound silver hair. Say no more. My bad, again, with season four, Roger, he is the worst, which is just out of character from how we knew him in previous yes. seasons. He hasn't once taken responsibility for the consequences of his choices or acknowledged anyone else's feelings or point of view. And it's kind of weird that he didn't react even with some face acting to Ian giving up his freedom, which to me seemed like a very poor trade. Um, but I am so glad Ian was stoked about it in the end. Brie, on the other hand, told Claire their argument was all her fault and even blamed herself for the rape, which was awful in its own way. Mm -hmm. I was so taken out of the story by not giving any fracks about Roger that the reunion with Brie rang hollow. And instead of being emotionally drawn in, I sat there thinking it would have been hilarious if they had scored Brie's run across the lawn with Adagio for strings just to bookend that bad choice. <laughs> My great... Jamie, the buckets during the scene with Ian, yes. the tears spilled out. Yes. That was me with the buckets comment. What a great emotional scene that earned its impact. No manipulative score needed. Also, finally, his devastatingly come hither little glasses. Hopefully, Jamie's vision will deteriorate further during Droughtlander, so he has to wear them all the time in yep. season five. Yep. Yep. Bye, you guys. Oh, my gosh. Seriously, <laughs> all the Zenny optical glasses. All the glasses. All the Zenny porn. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we get the last one. I think, it's, oh. I think it's fitting that this person is the last call okay. of the, the listener feedback for season four. Okay. And just as a reminder, if you're listening to this in later seasons or if you're just listening to it now... The reason why all these people sound so freaking fantastic is that they're using an app called SpeakPipe, which can be found on OutlanderCast.com. Just go to the Call Us button under Engage, and you'll see a big blue button that says SpeakPipe, and it takes advantage of the microphone on your cell phone or your computer, and it sounds great. It's much better than a phone call, and it's free for everybody. You could be calling me. We, we got calls from Mexico. We've gotten calls from Taiwan. We've gotten calls from Korea. We've gotten calls from Canada. We're all over the place, and it's free to use. That's so. Right. So there you go. And here is the final phone call of listener feedback. Hi, Mary and Blake. It's Kathy from Cleveland. Hey, yes. Kathy. Man of Worth was a solid episode, but I'm only giving it 4.3 kilts. My good? In the previously on segment, we hear the faith theme while seeing clips of all of the important people that have formed Jamie and Claire's family in their new life together in the new world. The music is a hint that there's a heartbreaking loss to come. And indeed there is. My bad? I am so not on the Mercasta train. I feel like they only put it in there to freak out the book readers. There is one silver lining, though. 
when Murta and Jocasta are nuzzling before he goes to hide mm. in the slave quarters, yes. the looks on Jamie's and Claire's faces are absolutely priceless. Agreed. My great Rick Rankin has transformed Roger from a smitten, mild-mannered professor into a complex, tortured soul. The changes on his face as he learns what has happened to Bree and then what it means for both of them absolutely broke my heart. Yes. I have a parting thought. All of the First Nations actors were outstanding, but I have to give a shout-out to Tom Jackson. His portrayal dealing with the Frasers, the wry smile as he says, this friend must be really important to you. <laughs> Made me think that Chief Tawasakwe is the author of the original 18th century frontier edition of The Art of the Deal. <laughs> I really love this podcast. Thanks for building such a fun community of fans. See you after Droughtlander. Thank you. Oh, yes. Thank you, Kathy. Way to, uh, way to kick, uh, kick the listener feedback that's off. That's right. That was excellent stuff. Well, that is the end of uh, the, our voicemails. Marvin, any uh, final thoughts for uh, our final listener feedback episode until next year well as we said droughtlander is this this droughtlander coming up is going to be long just telling you it's going to be long so what we're going to do is make sure that you're going to have some fun okay we can't make any promises yet aside from the fact that we are going to have a hamilton mini series for people who are members at outlandercastclan.com clansmen level and above we haven't begun recording so if you go there and you're like where is this we haven't even done it yet we're still trying to catch up from sleep from the, the finale Yes. But, um, you know, we we have some really fun ideas to keep you busy, to keep us busy. Um, and we promise that at least one podcast episode per month is coming out. But I have a feeling it's going to be more than that. It more than likely will be. Because of what we have up our sleeves. So stay tuned. Make sure that you continue to stay subscribed to Outlander Cast in your podcast app. And we're going to close out the show. All right. Let's, uh, let's close it out. the season is over doesn't mean that new people aren't finding Outlander. I mean, seriously, think about how many of your friends have heard you talk about the show and they're like, fine, fine, I'll listen to it while I'm completely snowed in or frozen <laughs> in. So because of that, it's really important that we continue to leave uh, ratings and reviews in iTunes. And we are at 595 oh. reviews in at least just iTunes as written reviews. So I want to thank Bo Boren, who said, fun podcast for fans, come as you are. Mary and Blake do a good job of producing a fun podcast with just enough technical wonky talk and loads of book knowledge that isn't smug. They're the fun people you want to talk about with your favorite show with who respect your spoiler phobia. You don't have to have a deep knowledge of the source material, but if you are, there's plenty to love. Listen up. So thank you so much, Bo Boren, and everyone else who's taken the time to leave us a written review in your podcast app of choice. It just helps other people. You know, we talked about how we have listeners all over the world. Yeah. This is a great way to let people know your thoughts about the podcast. Well, you know, the the thing that you should be doing, too, also, in, in terms of the re- reviews, thank you very much for writing reviews. We love them. I love looking at them every single day. What I really want you to do, too, is just tell a friend that we exist. Our, our cat, <laughs> our cat <laughs> is, eating a thumb, is, is eating Jamie's face on a calendar that we have in our studio. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Even, even Lumos is all about the Jamie life. <laughs> She's like, I can't stand it. It's not going to be Jamie every week. Oh, my <laughs> She was like, 
<laughs> wow, that was that was intense. Hey, listener feedback episode. We're breaking all the rules. Never said that we were a classy oh podcast. Goodness. Even our even our cat, even our cat is uh is, is hot for Jamie. Oh my goodness wow. gracious! All right, so as I told you before, we're going to be making sure that content is coming out on Outlandercast. I highly recommend that you actually put Outlandercast as a bookmark on your laptop, your computer, on your phone, just so that you remind yourself to check out the content. Because at last Stratlander, for example, we had at least one blog post come out every single week. And we had continued to have new podcast episodes. And you can also make sure that you're signed up for our newsletter. You can do that by going to our website, outlandercast.com. And you could sign up so that that way you get these newsletters sent to you to let you know about podcast episodes, interviews. Yes, I did just say interviews. <laughs> and much, much more. Melissa Carolyn says, haha, Lumos is most of us. <laughs> oh my God. I don't have Jamie anymore. I'm just going to make out with this picture of him. Oh, oh my oh goodness. Oh my goodness gracious. That's how well, it works. I want to do a very special thanks to all of our patrons, Blake. Remember, at, all the patrons over at OutlanderCastClan.com. If you are the Klansman, well, obviously, if you're the Sassanac level, I'm sorry. Huh, if you're the Your thank words. you level up, uh, you know, up, in, you know, end up. Klansman. I think I've been drinking too much wine. I'll take over. Thank we you. want to thank all the patrons. I can't talk Because today. honestly, all of you make this possible. You make sure that we can keep the website going. You make sure we can keep the podcast going. There's all these little weird fees when you do a business like this. You make this all possible. And we are so incredibly thankful. Because of this, we even have a babysitter so we can podcast. So we truly appreciate you. You are what keeps this rolling on whatever level you pay. So yes, our new podcast, that'll be a little mini series. It's going to be coming out soon. And we want to thank our most generous sponsors, uh, our most generous patrons, the associate producers, Angie, Carolyn, Celine, Cheryl, Dawn, Diane, Heather, Jeffrey, uh, Jennifer, Larissa, Lauren, Linda, Marilyn, Mary, Michelle, Patricia, Siobhan, and Summer. We also want to thank our co-producers, Barbara, Carolyn, Christina, Dana, Dieta, Janet, Jenny, Keelan, Lisa, Liz, Marianne, Meredith, Raynal, Rita, Sharon, Sue, Tara, and Tina, and last but certainly not least, our executive producers, Anne, Bobby, Jen, Katie, Kirsty, Martha, Peg, and Sarah. Thank you all very much. You guys will all have access to the, to the special Hamilton breakdown. I'm very excited about that. As well as the five, you know, the Klansmen level up. <laughs> which cat. is what I was trying to say, by the way. I got you, boo. This is why I got you're, you. This is why you're the talent, and I'm just the nerd <laughs> that puts it all together. And on top of this, our cat is begging of our attention. Now we need to... <laughs> I know. We have to like do something different. <laughs> yes. Thank you all so much for tuning in for the season four of Outlander here on Outlander Cast. We are going to be making sure that we bring you some wonderful recaps, music, episode recaps, and more. But for now, my name's Mary. My name's Blake. And you've been listening to Outlander Cast. <laughs>